Hey guys, welcome to a wonderful podcast, Confessions of a Pastor's Kid, a.k.a. PK. Now, we created this podcast so pastor's kids everywhere can share their story and debunk some of the common misconceptions about what it means to be a PK, all the while telling their very real stories in hopes that a PK somewhere will realize that they are not the only ones dealing with their struggles. This is going to be a very interesting journey, and we hope that you can stay with us the whole way there. Let's get going. Welcome, everybody, and welcome to episode two of confessions of a preacher's kid i am so exciting to excited to have you guys here with us today uh we have two wonderful guests for you and i'm gonna allow my big brother to take it away all right you know you gotta be careful the big brother i'm not that big okay (laughs) well all right all right hi everybody my name is sam and i'm super excited to uh to be with you all today today we have an amazing guest for you and these are young women that I absolutely adore and love. Um, I've known them not too long, maybe nine months, but it's been an amazing journey getting to know them and their family. Um, they're known around the music world as the Cunningham sisters. But give it up for my my sisters, Marie and Macy. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Right. Welcome. Round of applause, everybody. Round of applause. Anyway, uh, we're super excited to have the two of you here. And um, we're going to dive right in because we're eager to get get to know you. So, yes, Cunningham Sisters. We know Cunningham Sisters. We heard your music. We heard y'all on The Voice. We fell in love with you. Tell us about who you are. Let's start with the youngest one. Well, my name is Marie. I'm 15 and I've been I've been a worship leader at my church, which is Hamilton Christian Center for about three years. So we see church. Um, I am a, obviously a pastor's kid. Uh, I love to obviously I love to do music and I love to dance, but there I love to write like not write music, but I also love to just like write. If I ever had to write a book, I would love to do it. I love to write um, and I love to just pour into people with motivation or or singing or talking or dancing or whatever that whatever the case may be. And my goal in life is just to uplift. Thank you. How are you? My name is Macy and I'm 17 and. Uh, I'm a senior in high school, and my favorite thing to do besides singing is play basketball and roller skate. Like, if I could do those things all day, I would do it. And I don't, I mean, I like, I love writing, but I'm more like writing music and like melodies, like with the words. And like, well, I come up with the melody first, and then I put the words on later. But Marie, she comes up with the words first, and then she puts the melody on later. So it's kind of like perfect because I'll, because I'll like come up with the melody, and she already has a whole poem. So I'm like, all right, let's put it. but but yeah I started um I'm I'm more of an extrovert and she's an introvert so like whenever we go out in like community Marie's an angel yeah no just don't like speak or to around anybody but I'm an introvert to where if I don't feel comfortable with like showing the people my my cooler side then I won't do that but if it's around a certain amount of people or I'm somewhere and I feel comfortable with my like I feel safe in that space I will just let loose honestly, honestly though I'm the same way but my friends don't believe me I'm like look you guys I'm a very shy I'm so sorry I didn't mean I need to jump in you are not an introvert Darkest. first of all no, 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 no. 
not an introvert. No, no. I am a very Darkest, shy. You are not no, no. An I didn't introvert. say introvert. I said shy. I feel like there's right. a difference. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. I'm, a very, I'm a very shy person. Like, I feel yeah. awkward when I get to a certain situation. It's yeah. Me yeah. getting all like, let's go. That's because I'm forcing myself to. But honestly, mm-hmm. I, I'm a homebody. Leave me alone. Like, let me, <laughs> Leave me alone. Let me watch I my kid drama. I didn't need to, like, I need to cut you up. <laughs> I'll talk to anybody. I'll literally, like, at homecoming, I was going around, like, just jumping in people's circles. Like, yeah, I mean, nobody. Yeah, that I, I don't do. don't even know her, and she will let, she will tell At me lunch, I go and sit at everybody's table, and I'll sit down, like, how's your day going? No. And I don't even know who they are. And then, like, they'll, like, That's... be like, um... Why does someone want homecoming? That's so like that's really weird because I honestly I won't do that. But then people tell me their life story, and I'm like, Jesus, what you doing? Like I didn't ask for this. (laughs) I only have two minutes. (laughs) Anyway, well, thank you for sharing that. So we're gonna dive right in. So just a little bit about this podcast and a little history behind um what 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 we decided to do is we grew up as pks basically our entire lives and we we began we had some conversation with some pk friends and we began to realize that some of our stories are similar for sure but then there is this wide range of variations in our stories so we are like hey how about we get a group of people together that kind of knows the journey, right? And talk about what life is like being a pastor's kid. What does that look like? You know, so you're a PKs, right? Um, how was that like? And I know someone is in the room right now, mm-hmm. but we're going to speak freely. Right. So walk us through some of the experiences you've had as, as, as a PK, as a pastor's mm-hmm. kid. We'll start with the older one. Okay, yeah. so... Um, I feel like since I like we grew up in the church, it was kind of like a lifestyle. So it wasn't really uncomfortable and out of the ordinary. We were like comfortable growing up into it. But as we got older, I feel like the challenges like grew a little more because we're like getting older, like going to high school now. So and and God is not like the trend like in high school. So it's it, it wasn't like difficulty, really. But at the same time. I feel like when you're a pastor's kid, you are like, there's that saying, like, be the light in the darkness. I feel like you literally like are the light. Like that is your mission. That is your job, because not only as um, God's child, but like also as a pastor's kid, because like, I mean, we like invite our whole school to youth group. Like we're, we'll go around like, hey, come to our youth group. Hey, come to our youth group. Like, and when I think of the, like, be the light in the darkness saying, like, I literally like, I imagine that I'm in like the lunchroom, for example, I imagine I'm in a room that's like pitch black. And so like if I'm the pastor's kid and I was given this job and I was given this light that I have that I'm holding, I'm going to like walk around and give it to give little pieces out to other people. So I stop like, hey, how's your day? Hey, what's your name? Hey, what are you doing? Like, what you eating? Like I literally go around like I feel like as I'm doing that, I'm like spreading the light. So like that's what literally it makes me like if it it fills my heart to know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So it, but it is sometimes difficult because like, it's always um, usually like the response that you get or like, who is she? Or like, what are you doing? Like, who are you? Sometimes it's negative and then like, it's hard to go off of that. But at the same time, I'm still like, that person is probably being negative because maybe that's all that they get. Maybe that's all that they see and all that they like um, encounter is negativity. So like, I'm going to still, I'm still going to be that light. Like I'm still going to try to like get through to you either way. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Nancy. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think that it was difficult at first because, I, again, I did grow up in, in the church and in the youth, so I've always loved it. Mm-hmm. But the difficult part is whenever, like, you meet somebody, like, at school and they're like, oh, she's the pastor's kid. She's not cool. Or, oh, church girl, you can't do this. Oh, are you going to go pray about me or something? Little like, like, literally, that. like, and, and it's just, it's like, sometimes it's like, yeah, I'm a church girl. I'm going to pray about you. You're welcome. But then sometimes... <laughs> But then sometimes it like hits me the wrong way because they don't want to be my friend be- just because I'm a pastor's kid, which I, I never understood. But um, but I also think that there is a um, like a light to it because I love my dad doesn't force us to do anything that we, do. we love to do what we like what we're doing. And so um, when I, I also feel like being a pastor's kid, just it puts us on a level that we have to uphold. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we have to uh, like obtain to. And so if I like see somebody in the hallway, it's like I'm a, I I have connections with the church and I have connections with my youth group. Mm-hmm. I can invite them to my youth group and I can just I can just continue to spread positivity into their life as well. So I feel like there are a lot of pros and cons, but I think there's more pros than cons. Yeah. But obviously, like it is difficult in general just yeah. because there's always people that don't believe in the same things as you or don't want to hear what you're talking about. Like there's always going to be that like everywhere you go. Yeah. Wow. Thank so you. Thank you. like listening to you guys, the similarities that we've like speaking to other preacher skills we all have. Most mm-hmm. of the people that we've spoken with have always said their parents or the person that is the the parent that is a pastor never forces them to do anything. You right. know, like it's just something that it's a lifestyle. Like you said, it's something that's um, we grew up with it and it was trained like we were trained to do it. So it's like we mm-hmm. don't feel anything. Um, right. One pastor, shout out to Pastor Dakla. He said being a preacher's kid is like living in a glass house. You know, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, well, and you have to act accordingly, you know, yeah, right. but I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you guys, um, like you guys were saying, there's more pros than cons, but I'm sure there are pressures that comes mm-hmm. with being a preacher's kid. So can you mm-hmm. please um, explore more, like tell us more. Are there times in which you have feel pressured from outside or even within the church? There uh- there are um, times like that because there are sometimes in um in like when we're in the youth group and it's like the day of the youth group there are sometimes where like my dad's like come up for prayer and stuff like that and like in that moment I I don't feel I'm like I just want to pray with myself and yeah. not go and and go up there but I feel like since if I go then everybody else will feel comfortable enough to go mm-hmm. so I feel like I have to I'm pressured to be the first person to go up but I always like, don't feel like a leader yeah but I always don't feel like God is calling me to go up first so that is definitely one of the pressures or um just pressure to I because there is usually a lot of kids at youth which I'm I'm not saying it's a bad thing but it is hard to like try to speak and make everybody like feel welcome and comfortable because there's like a lot of kids and my mind is like everywhere I gotta help my dad but I also gotta talk to them they're new here but I also they want to follow me around because they aren't they don't know anybody else which it's just a lot to like be able to handle all together yeah for yeah facts because whenever like we're at youth group and um like we're the pastor's kids so we're like the examples like for the games and we're like um well not like expected but obviously like we're since we're the pastor's kids we're like going around talking to everybody and I'm already like that so but then also like people that I invite from school like they'll like afterwards or when I see them at school they're they're like you didn't talk to me you you barely even talked to me and I'm like uh, I, I got to get around like I got to be over here and over here and I'm like no like please come back like come on and then um 
for like a little bit like inside the house, I feel like since growing up like in the church and like knowing the word my whole life, I feel like um, it definitely is like way easier too because now like I don't like sometimes I feel like I question things, but I feel like um, whenever my dad, my mom and dad, like they put the word in every example mm-hmm. in the house and especially That's with awesome. my younger siblings too. Like, and so like going through it, like when I was younger, like, like every example, like being in the word and explaining, sitting us at the table, like explaining things, like we would have those talks those really important talks because we do like grow up, like we're growing up and we're like thinking of our own things. We're like, we're just going through things in high school too. So it's like good to sit down and like talk about these things and then to watch them still do the same, like they, how they did with us, like with our younger siblings. So yeah. I, to watch. I also do want to say that also um, with all like the pressure and, and the, um, my dad's finger being pointed on us like all the time. Also with like that, the spotlight on us, it also, cause I always feel like we need to be doing certain things. And if I'm not, if, if I'm supposed to be talking to a girl, making her feel comfortable and she ends up not being uncomfortable, I feel like that's my fault. Mm-hmm. So then like, if I'm not able to help somebody or do what I feel like I'm being called to do it, it triggers something in me and it makes me very emotional and it makes me angry mm-hmm. within myself. And I know that's not what God wants. Mm-hmm. So that's also something I have to try to balance out with, with like, I have to some, sometimes, I just need to let God work on it and I can't fix everything. So I, but there are also times that I get in my head. So I need to like balance that and not get in my head so much. So Mike, Oh, I'm sorry. I have like another question. Do you guys ever feel the pressure to be perfect? Cause I know, you know, for, you know, the African community, you know, there's a pedestal in which they hold pastors and their wives and their kids mm-hmm. and they forget that we're also human you yeah know? it's like mm-hmm. in high school college oh you're not supposed to date but then by the time you hit like 25 why aren't you married yet and it's like right. um if, what you do know, you want for me like, what do you want which one do you want which one do you want right. so do you guys yeah. have a feeling like- societal pressures to be perfect because yeah. your father's a pastor your preacher's kids you're also singing church yeah you know, all of that we definitely have a lot of pressure with the with our reputation because then like how and how we were on the show too so like a lot of people know us as the Cunningham sisters from the boys and then we're also pastors kids and we lead worship at our church like there is a lot of pressure to be like for our reputation to be like perfect so that affects who like we like not necessarily who we hang out with because well obviously who we hang out with because Obviously, that's important. I'll show me your friends. I'll show you your future. That saying, like, we have, we don't have a lot of friends, but at the same time, we're friends with everybody, like in the community. Like, yeah, I, I feel like, um, I feel like being perfect and like feeling like you're enough. They're in like the same boat. And there has been times where I've been emo- like, like crying and like I feel like I'm not enough. And then I have to go back in my head and like remember that I'm not enough by myself. Like that's mm-hmm. why I need God to make me whole and feel like I'm enough. So yeah. there, I also have to know that like. Like I'm, you're never going to be perfect, but because nobody's perfect, only God, hallelujah, but you're never going to be perfect and you're never going to be enough without God. So that's why God is here to make you feel whole and make you feel like you're enough and all that. So there are times where I do feel like I need to be perfect, but then I have to remember that I'm not going to be perfect. But at the same time, like whenever, so like it's, I mean, it's easier when everybody thinks that you're perfect and you know, well, I mean, it's not necessarily easier. It's actually like sad to be honest, because like nobody knows that I'm like so far from perfect. Like everybody 
thinks that. It's but, like it's literally from the outside, like looking in. Yeah. But it's so different because nobody like actually knows us unless they really get to know us. Mm-hmm. And like as the Cunningham sisters, and then as separately, like how you guys were saying, like getting to know me and then getting to know Marie as her own person. It's like crazy how everybody thinks we're like perfect and they talk to us like like we're perfect and they hold us to the standards and perfect yeah. but they really don't know like they don't really know yeah. us and I don't mean to like keep talking and blabbering but I also do want to say like bouncing off of what she said I feel like people see us and they think oh they think they're better than us because they know uh, God oh mm-hmm. I'm not enough because, yeah. because I don't know God as much as they do or they think just stuff like that and it, it's also really hard because we're not like that at all mm-hmm. like like God yes we love to profess God and, and talk about him and we have a great relationship with him but it's not it's not always such not oh I'm better than you it's not oh I'm it's better not than because getting right with God and like that whole journey, it's a process mm-hmm. and people don't understand how hard that process is that you have like spiritual battles and just, it's just, it's yeah. even still, story. even still right now, like as life goes on they're going to happen. Confidence yes. going to be, it's an ongoing life journey. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, um, thank you for sharing that. And, and as, as you were talking, I know you made reference like people at your high school people, yeah. you know, have you ever felt that expectation of perfection from within the church? Mm. I do because I, yes, because there are moments where I feel like, because I'm on stage and I'm worshiping and then I close my eyes for a second and I start worshiping for real. But then like every, the pastor wants me to like sing, yeah, engage with the, with like the, the congregation and to sing to them. But at the same time, it's like, I need to close my eyes and just have this moment. Or I feel like personally it would be like fake. Yeah. And so um, I definitely feel like it's hard to like balance that because I don't know if I'm supposed to be having doing this, what he wants with my eyes open and, and doing that, or if I need to do what God, I feel God yeah. wants and close my eyes and worship. For me, it's like, it feels more like safe and kind of at home because yeah, we are, we do have a job. We are leading them into worship, but at the same time, it's like not about us at all. So mm-hmm. it's like, it feels like I feel comfortable. And, but then like, um, I do, sometimes I do like start thinking like, okay, I just saying that note off. What am I doing? Like, then I'll get thrown off a little bit, but I'm like, <laughs> but then I'll the like start. Thing. And God's like telling me, you're good. You're good. Like you, you look beautiful. You're beautiful because like I'm singing to him. I'm singing for him. I'm leading his people into worship. So it's like, he just still loves me. Even if, like everybody else thinks. I also do um, feel like whenever I do get in my head and we are singing a note off or something, because I've made a lot of mistakes at when I was singing on, on <laughs> yes, on stage and voice track. But I do also feel like when, if I get in my head because of that one mistake, I'm just going to keep making mistakes. So that, that is true. She knows that. I just need to get out of my head and just mm-hmm. remember who I'm doing it for and why I'm doing this. Right. And that is not about me. This isn't a concert. And that, yeah. And I remember, I think one time, you know, you came back in like, oh, I think I made a mistake. And we were like, we didn't even know this. Yeah. Right? Like, we didn't even know because, well, so here's, here's what I think, right? Mm-hmm. If anyone noticed the worship leaders making a mistake, that means you're not paying. Right. Like, that means you're not, and this, this may be me judging, uh-huh. but that means you're not fully in a, in a throne room, right? Because sometimes you get into it that, yes, you're leading a congregation, but really you're supposed to worship is such a personal thing, yeah. right? That, yeah, you're up there leading us, but I'm also in my in my mm-hmm. world here talking mm-hmm. to God. So, like, I'm, like, talking to God, I'm like, 
Oh, that voice cracking in my head. That moment. Sam, first of all. Like, you stop. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So I want to kind of, you know, pivot a little bit and, and kind of talk about, you know, you as a human being. All right. Human beings. Yeah. People. Have you ever, and you know, we, we talk about Cunningham sisters and is is the two of you, and, and and I want to say this, one of the things I absolutely love about you is the connection the two of you have mm-hmm. with each other. Um and, and and I and I pray and, and I think this is I I I know this will probably will go on, but I hope you know if you're never split up and be the Cunningham sisters for ages to come. With that being said, actually, I'm not going to go to that question yet. I'm looking at your family, and I'm looking at uh, Marie. Uh, I'm looking at Mason, I'm looking at Mara, right? You have a big sister who, um, you know, you're saying that people look at you as perfect and you are not, you know. But I think your parents have done a really good job of um, really raising you right, I think. Yeah. Right. Do you ever look at Mara? Because I think I'm I'm 39 years old, mm-hmm. and I think Mara is way better at this Christian thing than I yeah. am sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a level of competition between the Cunningham sisters? And I'm talking about the Cunningham sisters, including Mara. Yeah. Uh, me personally, um, I don't feel like I have to compete with like either of my sisters, or or I don't feel competition unless sometimes I did. Pat like feel like that with singing and stuff mm. because she started singing first and I I just felt like I had to go to her level or be at her level. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but but with Mara, it's like everything she does just it makes me want to do that awesome. and and like I just look up to her like like a mother to even though she's not my mom but like a mother a big sister and like a role model so mm. I, I look up to her and I strive to do that or strive to at least do it in my own way or kind of, but um, with singing with Macy. Um, it definitely did feel like that in the beginning. And and I tried to sound like her, tried to make my voice sound yeah. like her. And it, it just wasn't working for me. <laughs> so then I had to like find myself and like who I was within me. And then and like that is like not there anymore. But sometimes it tries to creep back in a little bit, but I just gotta push back down and just remind myself that we're different people and we're we don't sound the same, we don't look the same, we're not the same people. So yeah. Between between me and Marie, I feel like <laughs> whenever we're like singing. And we're doing runs or we're like literally like playing around with instrumental music. Like she'll do a run and I'll be like, watch this though. Oh my God. And we were we were at practice and I was singing something, but it was just for fun. And then she looked at me and she was like, ah, and she did a better one. And then I did a better one. And then we just got it's like hilarious. Yeah. And we get so weak at each other. But for Mara, I feel like Mara is so like, I feel like there's only one Mara in this whole planet Earth. Like she's she blows my mind every single day of my life. Like I don't I don't know what, but literally she used to tell us she used to because me and Marie like started singing and dancing, and so like we were always doing stuff for our for like our um like our images and our um resumes. Like we were always doing auditions, auditions and all of that, and so um I remember Mara saying uh that she felt like she was like in our shadow at one mm-hmm. point at one point in time because it was like constantly what we were doing yeah, for our like careers constantly what we were doing what we were going out to do and where we were singing at what auditions we had so Mara said uh, a lot of the time that she felt she was like living in our shadow mm-hmm. and um I remember she said that again I-, I remember the last time she said that I was in like 
seventh or eighth grade. Mm-hmm. I was in like middle school when I like the last time I ever heard her say that. And then um, so we started like, I don't know, I just my whole mindset like shifted whenever like I actually realized what she was saying, because mm-hmm. whenever I was like, I didn't really think about it for real. But then when I started like seeing, I like literally like, was putting myself in her shoes. Like mm-hmm. Mar, Mar, the like the growth that Mara has like gone through, like it's it's crazy because we've watched it. Like oh my goodness! And then like to see her going to school and then getting home queen and homecoming queen, and she didn't even like expect that. Yeah, I was like wow, so, I was like something for Mara, and I was like sobbing, and I was like oh my goodness, like this is what she's like deserved. Like, yeah. she deserves this. I also think that um, with, like, knowing that everything that Mara sacrificed and seeing it, like, for audition, she had to sacrifice clothes, time, and just, she had to sacrifice a lot more mm-hmm. than what I just named. But knowing everything she had to sacrifice, but she still has the amount of love in her heart for us, and she doesn't, like, blame us for anything or get mad at us. Like, she has so much love for us, and she, like, she's so caring, and she just has a lot, like, she's so, po- she's just a positive person, even though she's, like, had to sacrifice and go through a lot. So that also just makes me, like, Look up the reading more. And I don't know what it is, but like I will I will hear anybody in this world tell me to do something and I will literally be like, <laughs> like I will literally I don't know why I'll get so angry. But when Mara talks to me and when she like tells me stuff and teaches me stuff, like I'm just like oh, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> I don't know. Like she the way she speaks is just she it's like she completely understands me as a person. That's awesome. And she know like she'll literally tell me she like does things on purpose because she knows how I'm gonna react and she knows like what I'm thinking. So like yeah, she listens to listen and hear you and what you're going through, not let you awesome. to respond. And then gives you an alternative. So yeah. it's like that's awesome. You know, and for those of you listening, our hope is one day we'll have Mara Yay. on our show. Yeah. So, you, so you hear more about her. So I, I, I want to, uh, before we get into the musical aspect and how you started on that journey, um, have one question about this PK journey. If ever uh, you had a chance, let's say you get to choose what job your parents do, would you choose this PK life? Ooh, Honestly, yes, bad. because it's my like life. Mm. I can't imagine me not being a pastor's kid. I can't mm. imagine me not doing God's work, like with my voice, with my energy, with my personality. Like I couldn't imagine what else I would do mm. with it. Like yeah. I'm spreading this. I'm not spreading this light for no reason. Like I would literally like I, if I if I wasn't a pastor's kid and I didn't have this like mission or like job. I honestly feel like I would still spread light though. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would, but I would, but I feel like me doing it for the right reasons and these reasons, like it just, it's, it's my life, my lifestyle. It just feels way better. Yeah. I agree with everything she said. And I also feel like certain kids listen more knowing that we are who we are. And like, especially if they know us for real, like mm-hmm. they listen more because they know who we are, but they also know that we're pastors, kids and like our whole family is for that. And we're not just faking it. Mm-hmm. So I also feel like they'll listen more and it, gra- it grabs people's attention. Mm-hmm. And I also think that since my father made it easy for us to like balance, actually having fun, being able to play games and enter and, and, um, enter entertaining. Yeah. Entertainment. Oh, and entertaining others, but also like having fun at the same time. I was like, is that a word? But I also think it like balances it. It just makes it fun because I'm able to help my dad, but I'm also able to have fun. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I would do it again. And like because teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm doing it. Yeah. That is awesome. That that is really cool to hear that 
I like that part. Still be a teenager. Yeah. You know, because I know there are some figures we've spoken with that felt like they didn't have a childhood, right? Yeah. They didn't have. And, you know, nothing against their dads or moms or whatever, but it's just there is this sort of unspoken pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I, I always say we never had any pressure from our parents to do anything. But at the same time, there was always some thing. Yeah. Right. You pressure know, outside. Like, right. It's like I really don't want to play drums. <laughs> But mm-hmm. do I can and I feel like if I said to my dad, I don't want to play drums, he would not do anything. He would not get mad at me. He would not do anything. But somehow I still wanted to play drums. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's just one of those kind of one of those scenarios where I, I'm really happy to hear you say that that you know you will still you will still choose this life, yeah. you know, and, and hopefully. It will, it will follow you mm-hmm. for the journey ahead. Yeah. So. You know, I think, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go. Um, I feel like for um, like the PKs that did that, like feel like they didn't get a childhood. I feel like it's really all about how you choose to influence others because mm. there's a lot of like teenagers, like our age that are influenced so much by other people in the worldly things. Like they're more influenced than anything. But like, I feel like what, what it feels better like for pastors kids like for us personally like we influence everybody else like we don't let people influence us because we already know like yeah we know god's word and we know how we were raised we know like our mission and all that so we like we influence other people a certain way and we don't like let other people influence us i think um one thing big ups to your parents because one thing like our parents up to the parents yeah. Yeah. they never you know forced us to do anything because right. they raised us the way in which Christ wanted you know us raised it wasn't mm-hmm. like they didn't think about what people were, were thinking they didn't think about what other people oh if we do this what would people think if we do this what would people right. think it was yeah. more so like do this because the Bible said so, you yes, know, literally. you know, do this because, you know, at the end, you're going to make it to heaven. This is going to be your reward. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but one thing for me, I know when it came to singing, like I said, I was shy, but they don't believe mm-hmm. me. And the first time I ever sang was, um, like, wasn't in Sunday school back in Ghana. Like, I remember, in front of, man, I'm too old to remember stuff for like, that. In, like in front of all these people, we get home. And, you know, my big brother here goes to tell my parents. And I remember like a couple of weeks later, I'm part of the choir now, <laughs> the children's That's choir. And, I was, <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, well, but then I'm glad he did that because mm-hmm. then I found what my calling was and I found yeah. what my destiny was, you know, yeah. and, but it all works out. Um, you know, like, I'm glad your parents, you know, because I'm listening to you guys speak and I'm like, dang, they're the parents did such an amazing job right. because they're young, but they think so clearly mm-hmm. and they're not, you can tell you guys are not moved by out, like the pressures of outside. You're not yeah. moved by society. You're like, we're doing this because we love to and we love God. Right. Like you can tell you have a personal relationship and that's yeah. a lot of things. Um, some preachers kids don't have that because the parents yeah. don't lead them to Christ. Your parents mm-hmm. led you to Christ. So right. then the, the, um, the experience is different. Yeah. 
you know, and I think that's where some people didn't really have a childhood because they weren't really, you know, no offense led to Christ. You know, mm-hmm. Right. I also feel like if, if I, I definitely I feel like I wouldn't be singing or I wouldn't have been star- I wouldn't have started singing if it wasn't for church and singing mm-hmm. at, in my youth group because they saw Macy and then they were like, if she can sing, we got to check her sister. Out. And then and, but I was like, no, sorry, I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like when they first asked me to, because I, I was super shy, like it was, it was unbelievable. And then but then I did it for the first time and I was like still like super nervous. But in my head, I'm like this. I like I think this is it. I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing because I just felt like dancing wasn't like I love dancing, but I just felt I didn't see anything going there with dancing. So I definitely think that singing at church is what started like the whole singing thing yeah our parents tell us all the time that we're getting like we get to heaven on our own mm, so it's true. like they can't get us to heaven so they they give us all that they can give us they give us everything that they have and then they just like let us fly like birds and then we just soar that's awesome yeah so i just wanted to ask um when did this all because you guys are talking about you know singing a youth group and you know in church when did this music career all start like how did it come about how did the voice come about you know take us through your well, journey. the voice is from god but you know, <laughs> well, you know what i meant <laughs> well um so, I mean, we've been singing, like, our family is so musical. Our great-grandfather was part of the of the band. He was, like, the leader of the band called the Holy City Travelers. So, and then he had 10 daughters, and they were all the Franklin sisters, and they all, like, sang every time, like, we were at a family reunion or, like, a family function, and we all got together. They sang every single time, and me and Marie would just, like, watch. And then we would, like, try to sing along. We would just, like, listen. And I feel like those harmonies were, like, like embedded in our brains and in our like souls and and like whenever they would sing each sister would sing a different part like a different melody or a different harmony and i'm like like this is my family and so like growing up in that and like that music like that musical environment and then um my dad he's a dj he was in rhapsody and my big brothers both of my big brothers were in rhapsody so i feel like music like the musical like it's uh, gene genetic. I feel like that like runs in the family. Yeah. So then whenever I started singing, um, I started singing first because I don't know why. I don't know. I was just stuck on dance. I was just singing. I just started singing first. And then um, I got vocal lessons when I was seven years old. And like a year or two into my or like three years into my vocal lessons, Marie started singing, too. But she started singing like this weird girl named Javaya. She like. She started trying to sound no, like her. is not a weird girl. She'd be like, the way I was singing was weird. <laughs> because, listen, I was like, can you sing like yourself? Macy, Um. so obviously, yes, my dad's a DJ. Like, we were always around music. And then and then Macy was around music. And then I was dancing. But then I seen her doing music. And I was like, well, I want to do it. Because, like, everybody's loving her. <laughs> she said, I want to so like, do, do it, it too. And then, and then I started trying to sing around the house, but every song I hear, I would try to sound like that singer. Mm-hmm. So it's, it was never my real voice. And so my mom was like, mm-hmm. all right, Marie, I love you, but like, let's stop. We that. would hear her voice, like her real voice, like little sprouts of her real voice. We would yeah. hear oh, it. Wow. We would be like, do that again, do that again. Like yeah. sing like yourself. But yeah, but I was just so focused on sounding like that person because that mm-hmm. person is a good singer. So I thought if I sounded like them, I would be good mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. But um, but then I then I, I went in church. Well, then I did I did vocal lessons after I started yeah she started like 
three years into me arguing, yeah. we started um, practicing with the same vocal coach. Yeah, because I was like, I was like probably ten or yeah. or something. But I it was I was like farther down the road because she had she had developed like she was developing, and I'm just now starting. So it's it's a journey. But I also um, think that a big part of me singing was the confidence part because even though I, no matter how much vocal lessons I got, I feel like I wouldn't be able to do what I did if if my confidence and my mm-hmm. and my confidence in Christ wasn't there because because the only reason I was singing like them is because I didn't think I was good enough. Now I know I'm good enough. Now I'm just, now I just got to sing. <laughs> doing what I do. And like, like, um, we grew up singing in church, like in the youth choir, but that was literally just because we were all like little kids and they just taught us like the, whatever. My dad was our youth. Um, yeah, he was the worship leader. Yeah. Choir, choir oh leader. my goodness. So, but, um, Pass him up. <laughs> but, um, like growing up when we were singing in the worship, like youth worship, it was like, um, it wasn't really like serious. So, but then when we sang the first time we ever sang together in front of like a big old audience was at this kids Apollo talent show in Cincinnati. And there were like, there was actually a lot of contestants. And it was a lot of talent. Yeah. I was like, every time we watched, we were like, all right, Macy, I don't know if we, don't. yeah, we was like, yeah, I don't know about this. They're so talented. <laughs> it was, like, it wasn't just singing either. It was like, it's most dancers. And this dude doing magic, like this girl doing a pageant, like a beauty pageant. She walked out and like, like, <laughs> her you want her talent? Yes. Do that. Just, like, did something else, like juggle, 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 juggle. Juggle, juggle. <laughs> But um, but then we got out there and sang, and so me and uh me Marie and a group of uh, dancers. It was us and them. It was a group, big old group. It was like fourteen dancers, and they did this whole dance routine that they made up. And we were like, "How do you guys judge like singing against dancing?" But then they stood. Um, the dude, the uh, host, he stood in the middle, and it was me and Marie over here, and then it was the dance team over here, and so he was like. Was he like applause? He was thing? like, yeah, he said, he said, do you guys want, um, no, he said, he first he came to us and he said, he either said, you guys, guys can, split split do you money? guys want to split the money and, and both go and have, be, win at least something, or do you want to have the audience go for it? Yeah, okay. and, go and then a, we didn't even answer, but then she was like, had the audience. But we were going to say split. So like, you guys were going to help them out. So they, knew they, they thought they had it in the bag because their whole family was out there, but me and Marie was like, split the money i mean and it was like no let's let the audience decide so he was like if you think so-and-so should win let's give a run for the dancer they started going crazy i was like dang Marie's over yeah and then everybody went crazy you couldn't even hear what people don't remember or realize that if that those uh, the other kids like contestants are out so their parents have to vote for one of us now they're not voting for their kids so now their parents have to vote for one of us and then you know yeah, so it was like they didn't even expect it. They were all Saudi. You should have seen their faces. They was like, "Oh my, we should have." But at the end of the day, I, we were gonna um because we did offer to pay for like dinner or something because we they were good. They yeah, deserved, we, we hugged them. Every- yeah, they deserved to at least win something, but they was just not down for it. Not <laughs> down. They were so mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all right. Right. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, looking at. Looking at your musical journey and everything, um, and, and I'm gonna ask about I'm gonna ask about this. Um, walk us through the process. I know you're always young at the time, but the process of you auditioning mm-hmm. for La Voz, mm-hmm. the voice, um, and how that journey was for you personally. 
Um, well, the, it first started when my mom told us in the car that she seen a flyer on Facebook mm -hmm. and she said we have an audition for the voice, but I didn't know it was the actual voice. I thought it was just like a little talent like, show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, no. And then like the day before, I mean like the day, uh, no, the day before our audition, she was like, all right, you guys ready for this audition tomorrow? And I was like, um, I was like, no, like what, wait, what, what audition? Cause I low key forgot. And she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, no voice? Like you're being serious. And then she was like, yeah. And and then um, I was like, okay. And then like the day of, she was like, all right, we, what's our song? We still didn't have a song the day of the audition. Oh. And so we we remember the song we sang in our talent show, which was for the, I mean, for like the kids. Yeah. About thing. Mm -hmm. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And, then, um, and so we sang that. And then, um, why did I just lose train of thought? Yeah, she said, get a cute outfit. And then we just threw something on real quick, sent the video in. And then we read the thing. After was an, uh, well, you're going too fast. Look, I'm going to she just skips parts. I don't. I'm like, where are you at? Right. And so we. So it was an online audition, and you recorded a one minute video of you singing a song. So we like press record, and it was on a website. So you literally just recorded it on the website and yeah. then sent it in. So we just set uh, set the phone up, and we just went crazy in the video. And then we sent in the video, and then. They told us to wait, like to wait, like a couple minutes for. A but comeback. after, but after we sent the video, and that's when we decided to read what the what these things should have See, then we had like your own T-shirt on. We were like, oh, oh no. And then I was like, yeah, that was terrible. So yeah. I was like, okay, we can just chill now because we guess we're just not like it's not happening. So then we just sat on the couch, and there was like like a. 5% chance of hope. So we were sitting there like... Well, you find out right away. Yeah, you find out. Oh. Find out. But if you don't hear back, then then no. But if you do hear back, then yes. So we were sitting on the couch. The longest point of it. sitting on the couch and I was laying on my dad's room. And I was, I was over my mom like... And then, then they were literally looking at the phone because my mom and Marie were on the other couch and they were like... Marie was looking at her phone. And then they start reading. Marie was like, is that it? Is that it? And then I heard them over there talking. I was like, I was just staring at their faces, trying to see what they were acting like. And so they were just looking at the phone. And then Marie start, she did this. And then my mom did this. And then everybody started jumping. And we was like, and then we started jumping and screaming. But then I reread the thing and it said Macy Cunningham. So then I thought they split us up and only oh, her. But then I realized that it was just logged into her email. So we were good. And then we started freaking out. <laughs> and then, um, and then like it was like three uh actually yeah it was like it was three rounds it was like three rounds there was some singing rounds and then like interviews and stuff that we had yeah. to go through we had to send in three full videos of three full songs in three different outfits oh my goodness I was like yeah they doing the most but um we did it and we sent them all in and then we just posted the videos on our YouTube so yeah so if you went no never even talked about a long time ago uh, but um, well, like the audition, like the first time, first of all, the whole I thought walking into this like the show, it was gonna yeah. be a lot of rivalry and it wasn't gonna be as fun as like yeah. I was hoping. But then I walked in and it was like everybody was just one big family. We we're all doing it for the same reason. And then also, um, like every Sunday since we nobody like the worshippers and like the people that were involved in like. 
they were, the Christians, they couldn't go to church because obviously we were stuck in the show. So every Sunday we all went in the parking lot and we had a preacher, which was Paris, and he actually went very far in the show. And then a lot of our worship, like the singers, awesome. and then we all just worshiped and listened to the oh, Lord. Nice. It, was, it was so. Yeah, we had Sunday. We had church every morning because there were preachers on the yeah. in like in the show. But um, in the hotel, I actually, like for me personally, it was honestly like one of the hardest times of my yeah. whole life because I don't know. It was just like a constantly like, constant, I don't know. That was like that whole like, um, mm. <laughs> the whole like, I don't know how long, like eight months, four months. Like It was like seven months. We, four months we were actually on the show. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like in that hotel trapped. Trapped in that with hotel. each other. Three. Oh, my dad. Macy, it was just me, Marie, my dad. You've never been that <laughs> close for that long together. Wow. But I'm my dad, you, work I'm this. telling you, every time we got an argument, my dad was always on her side. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, he was always on her side. They put daddy so on blast. Alone, <laughs> trying to survive. I'm playing. But uh, for real, it was a really hard time. I definitely, I definitely think that the, the we went on the show, obviously, to get our message across and, and get our voice out there and get exposure. Yeah. But I also think it was like it was a test because in the hotel we were just stuck with each other. We couldn't just walk away, go to work mm-hmm. and school and forget about the argument or conversation we just had. So we had to sit there, put work work on it, and then like get right with God. So it was like a it was like a spiritual battle, mm-hmm. like it was like a spiritual warfare is what I'm mean. warfare. So there was a lot of times we had to call Mara, <laughs> get her a little advice on some stuff, and then we had. To like pray, worship. A lot of tears were shed, but eating Chick Fil A every day and then trying to go work out. Yeah, yeah. But it brought us closer together. And yeah, happening during COVID too. Yes, that's why we just you and the dad. Yeah, the hotel. And we got ten minute recess outside of the hotel room for the first week. It was bad at first, but it got way better. And then um, we won. I mean, we turned chairs. I mean, that we kind of knew that was going to happen. But at the same time, I love that. I love that. She's like, I kind of The comments that we had, I'm telling you, look, so whenever we were out on the stage, my whole life, they've been treating me like my parents been treating me like I'm like a princess, you know, like they are like I've already gotten like, oh, my gosh, you're so good at singing from my parents and like my whole family like support. So when I got on the stage, I was like, this isn't new. Oh, well, me, like, I, I felt the same because I've always gotten that. But at the same time, this is my first time for real being on a big stage other than that Kids Apollo or church. Yeah. It's really my first time for real performing, yeah. especially in front of all these big artists. Like I was, the nerves was kicking in. Mm-hmm. But then, but then I would, whenever I would look at Macy, I was like, okay, I'm good. She was a calm yeah, force. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but then whenever I would look at Macy, I was like, yeah, I'm good. We got it. Every time she looked at me, she was like, and she was like so nervous. And, and then it, 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 we watched it on Hulu. Yeah, Hulu. And right before we started singing, Macy whispered in my little ear or something. She was like, she like, you got this baby girl. Oh, big sister looking out. But they put like mics on us and I didn't know they was going to eavesdrop. And like, put that. <laughs> they they let me do that. They have to building drama yeah, yeah, water, right. you know, yeah, they have drama. to like they have to do TV like it's also yeah, TV yeah, yeah. so they have to make good TV yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. but it was fun though so, we met so many people how do you how do you also know the name Cunningham sisters so Macy and Maria well, actually, um, we got the Cunningham sisters from um, like our all of our family, the 
the Franklin sisters, which is okay. the tens. Yeah, that was yeah. like, that's, and that's we're like, we're family. sisters, we're kind of, we're, our last yeah. name's Cunningham. So we put Cunningham sisters, but recently we have decided to change it to Macy and Marie. Macy. So we're trying to rebrand. So like our Instagram now mm-hmm. is Macy and Marie. Yeah. So we're just trying to rebrand yeah. because I feel like Macy and Marie, like when we tell people that's our thing, so it takes them 20 years to type it on Instagram or if they're like, like saying our name at a, like a concert or something like recently in Charleston, they said yeah. our name and they said like Cunningham or Cunningham or something like that. No. I was like, you guys just you got it wrong. wrong. How do you get that wrong? It's the simplest. I know. So we just decided to get to Macy because we, I just like it. But it's also confusing because every time Marie says it to somebody, she goes, Macy and Marie. Yeah. You know why? And then, and then everybody starts calling her Macy because she points at herself and like, Macy and Marie. She just did it. <laughs> Like Macy and Marie, <laughs> I'm like I'm Macy. Sorry, I don't know why she's pointing at her. I guess she's trying to, to differentiate which sister. Right. Like. Yeah. See, I need to get it in my head so I can get in there. It's okay. Well, so we're probably gonna have to edit some stuff and say Macy and Marie, but we've been saying the kind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we it. really have. Yeah. Well, we we appreciate you now. Why we we're gonna be we're gonna be closing soon, but you also want to end on on the positive Oh, we have a question. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. You know how I just wanted to go back. We were talking about being shy, right? Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. want to know because I know how it is for me. Um, you know, how does being shy and being on a prison worship team work? Because I know how it is for me. Because at first, That's girl, I was no, shaking. My mom, <laughs> my mom's sitting there in the front looking at me like, you know, with a smile on her face mm-hmm. and then almost throwing up. So how was it? How was it for you being shy? Well, you know, I know Macy's not really, it's not really, yeah. she, you know, she's not shy. So this no, might be more so like Marie, like how is mm-hmm. it being shy and being on the prison worship team? You know, how do you balance that? Well, I think in the beginning, um, if you like, I'm so glad like the recordings aren't up anymore, but in the beginning we'd go live for worship and I wouldn't move. I would just stand there and I'm shaking. She'd be like, I wouldn't even like, I'd do my little sway or something, but I would not move out of my little sway. My hand would be down by her hip. I would not move out of my box. And then, so um, I remember like Pastor Curtis, which is our pastor, he would always just try to like get more out of me. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I know it's in there. You just need to let it out. And she's like, come on. And and I knew knew it was in there, but I was, I just, I don't know why, but I always thought people, no matter what I did, I always thought I was going to get judged or if I do one wrong move, it's the end. Mm -hmm. Like it's, done for me I don't know why I thought that but I did and so um it took it definitely took a while for me to get out of my box but I I just continued to progress and I also continued to like actually try to find that relationship with God and like strengthen that relationship with God Mm -hmm. so I feel like the more my relationship like like the more it it grew is like the more my confidence grew and then like I started stepping out of that box and I said I like when if I moved a little more or I lifted my hand I'm like oh nobody got mad at me for doing that yeah and like if anything it made me feel good within myself so then it was just like I had to like just stop overthinking because I was an overthinker and I just had to stop doing that because it wasn't getting me anywhere and I also felt like the more I was letting loose the more people were like 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 I would people would come up to me and be like oh my goodness like you just you got me to God closer and you got me closer to God and I'm just like that's what I'm here to do I just gotta get out of my head there was a lot of growing that had to be done though because a lot when we first got up there she cracked her voice for the first time I was like I'm never going on stage again and she kept trying to sing and I was like Marie just take a moment oh, she was sobbing she was like just stop like bro please just take a second I never do that again oh, my just, I was just like because oh, I know my like goodness. with my dad um 
whenever because usually whenever I had to do a solo, it's usually never I started out as a soloist at church. Never I wasn't on the prison worship team yet because I was young. And then my dad, I would practice with him. He would play the keyboard and I practice. And usually when I'm by myself, I'm doing my own thing. I'm on the and then my dad calls and I'm like stiff. And he's mm-hmm. like, Dorcas, do what you do. And I'm like, you guys don't understand. It, like, I I get nervous. And yeah. then, like you were saying, you know, lifting up my hands, you know, how to learn to open my eyes and look yeah. at mm-hmm. people, you know. And that's a little trick you can do. Like you was talking about worshiping with your eyes closed, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. One trick that I had to learn, my music director actually got us to do this. You have to learn how to worship with your eyes open. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I remember it was the hardest thing for me at first because I'm like eyes closed and it's like Dorcas, open your eyes because you have to like <laughs> engage with the people. Right, yeah, you're like but, literally leading them. Like you, yeah, exactly. It's like lift up your hands and then sometimes when there's no response, you're like, yeah, you're just like, all right then, stare at me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to learn to worship with my eyes open because I worship when I'm driving, so I get close to your when you. That's not safe. <laughs> oh, Jesus. No, you're going to meet Jesus soon if you keep your own course. Oh, I start to cry driving when I'm worshiping. And I'm like, Jesus, not now. Not now. <laughs> oh, man, I cry all the time. Tell me. Um, what, what I wanted to ask you is, um, as you look at your, your, your guys' life right now, where do you see God taking you maybe in the next five years? What's up? Um, well, I, I do see him like obviously continuing to like take us to do music stuff and like travel, hopefully, and just bring people closer to him. But me personally, I also see like motivational speaking or like um or youth preacher or pastor eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Or 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 even just a youth pastor, maybe just a pastor in general. I just see me in that. In that area, I've had dreams Love about it. it too. So I'm like, this ain't just me. This God told me something. Love it. So being a youth pastor is awesome. Yeah. If uh, I say so myself. I um I I feel like I uh always want to like minister with my voice like all the time. I feel like that's just what I want to and like making our own music. I want to make our own music. I want to make way more because we do have like music that nobody's heard and we do have like songs that we have made. Um, but we're like. There's still more. Like we're not done yet. Like it's literally yeah. just beginning. Like there's so much. There's so many stories in our lives that we can turn into songs. Yeah, and I'd be forgetting how young we are. So right. I'm like, like more to come. Yeah. When we got our Instagram hacked, I'm like, oh my gosh, we just gotta say all the way back. We gotta start. She said our little song when we get up here. <laughs> forgetting like they're like yeah. Daylo and and just people like them. They weren't big until they were like like at least. 19 like, or 8 yeah. or 20 or something. I'm only 15, so I have a whole life here. Yeah, whole life here. Hey, you got yeah, Jesus on your side. Yeah, right. But we also, like, want to do more stuff. We want to do, like, um, modeling and eye dancing. Yeah. Got Marie wants stuff. to do dance again. Because you, you just look like a ballerina, I feel like. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, we always give uh, an opportunity two things. One, to Giving advice, you know, um, we don't want to give advice to other younger uh, PKs out there who, you know, a life of a PK is really, I mean, everybody talk about the life of a pastor is hard and, you know, that's that's good and well. Yeah. The life of a PK, I think, is a lot harder yeah. than it is for the, the, at least the older pastor, they got themselves into it. Mm-hmm. 
you're the answer. <laughs> right. So if you have any advice for any PKs out there, and, and just so you know, so our season one, um, we were worldwide. We have people in Belgium and Germany and stuff listening to our podcast. So you have a bigger reach, right? Um, what advice do you have for PKs out there who, you know, may be struggling with this identity of being a pastor's kid? What What is your advice for them? And then end it with um, anything you all want to market, anything you all want to put out there, your Instagram, your YouTube, your Facebook, your MySpace, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> MySpace. Your advice. Yeah. yeah. So my advice is just choose, like, make the right choice of how you want to influence people and don't be so easily influenced by the world of things because it's so easy to be influenced by everybody around you. The people that you see at school every day, it's so easy to, like, fall into, like, what they're doing and do what they do. So just, like, I encourage all of you to just be your own person and to be who God says you are and who God says you are to be. Yeah. And yeah, that's I, I think that if you... If you always look at the bad and being a pastor's kid, it's obviously not going to be fun. It's not. But I think if you if you think and like think about the outcome that it will have on other kids' lives mm-hmm. and on your own, that it'll make it more like fun and you'll want to do it. So I think if you continue to see that part, then it'll just be you'll be living your best life. And also, don't let people like dictate where you are going to go in life. Don't let other people's words and actions dictate what you can do and what you are called to do. Mm-hmm. Cool. And follow us on Instagram at Macy and Marie. And and YouTube at the Cunningham Sisters. We didn't change our YouTube name yet, so sure. that's still the Cunningham Sisters. Oh, and our Facebook is is at Macy and Marie. Yeah. And our TikTok is at the Cunningham Sisters. I love how she smiled like, you know, when Man, we, we recorded. Get that together. We got to that. <laughs> you got TikTok? Yeah, but it's the Cunningham sister. We gotta make it. Yeah, we gotta. I'll follow That's you guys. Awesome. Don't worry. That's Thank awesome. you, And um, for, for those of you who are listening to us today, um, one thing I want I want to share with you, um, we're sitting here with this amazing young woman, and I I I always end with um, a Bible verse or some type of you know, spiritual message. But one of the things I, I one of the things that I feel like is important for us to know, and, and maybe I'm speaking to some parents t- today, is the Bible talks about raise up a child the way they should go. Mm-hmm. And when they grow, they will not depart from it. And for for my siblings and I, that's really something our parents did. Mm-hmm. Like everything we did was in the word. Even when they're giving us them beatings, it was out of the word, you know. Fully abides in the heart of a child, you know, that Bible verse has been ingrained in my head. But um, these two women are, these two young women are an epitome and, and, and kudos to the parents of raise up children the way they should go. And and, and I want to say, and I'm not saying it because the parents are sitting right there and they're good friends of mine, but uh, you are being raised right. And I also think that, you know, being raised right depends on how you receive those lessons. So you'll receive those lessons from your parents. And, and I am so glad and I'm so happy for the for the woman that you're going to grow up to be, but for the young woman that you are right now and opening up your heart and letting God use you for his kingdom. So thank you for coming out. Uh, if if you listen to this and you do not have a relationship with Christ and you hear our stories and you hear these messages and you have a yearning to get close to God, I want you to know that Jesus Christ is ready to accept you. 
right now. Um, this, this is not a church, this is a podcast, but I also want you to really understand the importance of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, if you're looking for a church, um, if you're anywhere near the New Jersey, New Brunswick area, check out House of Faith Ministries. Uh, is in North Brunswick, 900 Edwin Street. Did I get that address right? 900, yes. Yeah, 900 Edwin Street. You can, you know, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Check them out on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, YouTube.com slash H-O-F-M-N-J. Uh, if you find yourself in Ohio, you know, Ohio, and if you find yourself in Hamilton, Ross, even in Cincinnati, and you want to drive, coming out to... Um, Hamilton Christian Center, uh, we are such an amazing family here, led by an amazing man of God, um, and we will, we will be more than happy to embrace you. Actually, tomorrow, well, by the time they listen to this, it will not be tomorrow, so never mind. Um, <laughs> you put that part out. Um, but we're super excited to have you. We're so excited to have you in our church. Um, from myself and Dorcas, and behind the scenes, Jude and Daniel and Robert. I guess Robert is part of the behind the scenes <laughs> now. Um, we're so excited that you join us today. Uh, Macy and Marie, check them out on Instagram, on YouTube, on TikTok, on Facebook. You don't have MySpace? What are you doing? You should get a MySpace. I don't even know what MySpace is. Oh, man. Oh, no. Our age is telling. How cool. <laughs> Get on MySpace. Yes, get on MySpace. Yeah, get on MySpace. That's what you wish people like me. Anyway, thank you so much. And until next week. Love pizza, chicken grease. Thanks for having us. Peace.